0: We gather at God's table to hear the word and to be fed. So will you join me in prayer that the word may be open to us this day. We gather to remember you, O Christ. Send your spirit among us, that our eyes may be opened by the scriptures, and that we might see clearly the grace of communion with you. Amen. Our first reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 5. Let me sing from my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed. Righteousness, but heard a cry. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Our Gospel reading is from Matthew, chapter 21, verse 33 to 46. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, he will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. But Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized that he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Faithful and fruitful. Earlier this year, when the church elders were beginning a goal process of our session meetings, I walked up to those sheets of paper that we had hanging there in the room, and we were going to write our brainstorming ideas about goals where God is leading us to be faithful and fruitful. And so at the top of that sheet, I wrote those words, faithful and fruitful. And that's how we began our goal process for that's the role of church leadership isn't it to remind us all myself included that God calls us to be both faithful and fruitful we are to be faithful to the good news of life that we know in Jesus and we are to be fruitful in the way that we share that good news with others the way for us to be faithful and fruitful is to live a life of gratitude. Life is a gift, and the future that we have with God is also a gift. And our faithful response to God's gift, which we call grace because we don't deserve it or earn it, it's just there for us because God loves us, Our faithful response to that grace, to that gift, is gratitude. And as we live in a spirit of abundance together as God's people, then we can't help but bear fruit. Fruitful in our everyday lives, Monday through Saturday, and fruitful as a people gathered on Sunday morning. So we can easily adopt this as a motto, as a criteria for what we do every day of our lives. Is what you are doing faithful to the gospel of Jesus? And that would include things like grace, forgiveness, compassion. And is what we are doing as a people gathered together on Sunday or on Wednesday or any day of the week, is what we are doing as a people bearing fruit which means are we impacting other people's lives with what we do here? So in his attempt to convey this message, in his day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable. And a parable just means that it is a story that Jesus told that helps us to see reality in a new way. Parables work if they shift our consciousness and allow us to, as we prayed, open our eyes to see God's word for us. So, this parable, this story is about a vineyard. The vineyard is planted and fenced and set up with everything that is needed. It is a wonderful gift. The one who owns the vineyard entrusts that vineyard to stewards, to tenants. And the tenants are to care for that stewards, uh, for that vineyard. But the tenants are not content with being renters. They want to own it for themselves. They know that if they own the vineyard, then they can keep the fruit of the vineyard and not have to be grateful because they can praise themselves for everything that they have produced. So when it comes time to harvest, In their ingratitude, they kill the messengers that the landowner sends to collect the produce. They have forgotten that they are children of God. They want to be the parent. But the drama is heightened because the landowner does not give up. The landowner sends more messengers, more slaves to collect the produce, but then the tenants don't give up either. They meet Violence, the, the messengers, the slaves, are met with violence. As it said in Isaiah, I expected justice, but I got bloodshed. It's a showdown to the point that the landowner sends his only son to collect the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants, in their greed and in their selfishness, they kill even the landowner's son and of course that gives you the clue into the fact that this is really a story of our salvation history that god created the world granted us stewardship over it and some people in the vineyard act inappropriately and even violently and god continues to maintain a covenant with us even to the point of sending jesus so the faithful slaves that were sent to the vineyard they were killed These were the prophets of the past. The faithful son who was sent to the vineyard, even the son was killed, and we course of know this to be Jesus. So it seems that we are at an impasse because neither side will let go. It seems that it is indeed possible, impossible, very hard to be faithful and fruitful after all, because it seems that if you are faithful to God's call, then you will be killed. It seems the wicked tenets always win. And so it can be easy for us to fall into despair. No wonder the world is the way that it is. No wonder that even on World Communion Sunday, we are still divided and fractured and fight amongst ourselves. No wonder it seems like God is not in charge because every good deed that we do seems to be snuffed out without mercy. We might as well close up shop and turn in the vineyard to a fortress and protect ourselves from further damage. Quick, let's gather the kids and lock the doors. Ah, oh, but you gotta keep with the lesson, my friends. What Jesus does is he is the reminder that while the tenets, the wicked tenets have a story, Jesus is the reminder that God has a story too. And it's a story that is greater and more powerful than the stories of selfish greed and violence that we seem to be so consumed with. God's story sustains all of our finite stories. God supports us even though we may not recognize that God's story is there. So God's story is a story of hope. It is, as Isaiah said, it is a love song. It is a love song that God sings to us continually and never without end. That is why we come to church on Sundays to hear the love song. Do you hear it today? You see, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that can prevent God's future story from coming about. It may be not on our timeline or in the way that we have wanted in our own lives, but that's okay. As we sing from the song, though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. God's story is the story that we need to be connected to so that we can hear that love song. So what it means to be faithful is to trust that God is in charge despite all the evidence to the contrary. It doesn't have to make sense if we understood it We wouldn't call it faith now, would we? And what it means to be fruitful is to remember that everything that you have, even the fact that we are here together right now, it's all a gift. Everything came from God, and everything belongs to God. Even your own existence and the fact that you are here right now with your heart beating is a gift to be cherished And when we cherish a gift, we can't help but be grateful. All of life is a gift, and all gifts are to be shared, faithful and fruitful, being starts in gratitude. You see, the sin of the tenants is that they weren't content with being who they were. They weren't content with what they were charged to do. They failed to recognize that the vineyard had been set up completely as it was needed and that the vineyard itself was a gift. They wanted to be the owners. They they wanted to keep everything for themselves. It's the basic human condition that John Calvin teaches over and over in his writings, that most of the world's problems and even the problems that we read about in Holy Scripture, all the world's problems can be traced back to the root cause of ingratitude. So what I suggest we do this morning is retell the parable of the wicked tenants. But this time, let's inject something that was missing from the first, gratitude. Let's see how gratitude would have made a difference in the story. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased the vineyard to the tenants and went to another country. The tenants were grateful for that they have been entrusted to care for such a beautiful and bountiful vineyard. And because they were grateful for the opportunity to serve, they became joyful stewards of all that they had. When the harvest time had come, the landowner sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. And when the slaves arrived in the vineyard, they held a celebration, and they called it World Communion Sunday, where they expressed their gratitude for the opportunity to serve such a beloved and wise landowner. Everyone enjoyed the celebration. There was an attitude of abundance and their celebration was so joyful that it attracted the notice of other slaves and other tenants and other landowners. And at the end of the party, the tenants were faithful to their agreement, and they sent the slaves back to the landowner with all of the produce that the vineyard had yielded. When the landowner received word about the tenants and their attitude of gratitude, he, out of his great love for them, sent his own son to live with them in the vineyard. The gift of the son was a source of inspiration and a source of comfort to all the people there. The son was radical, which means that he was always getting back to the heart of the matter, reminding the people with wonderful parables and stories that they were to love the landowner and also to love the neighbor as themselves. The sun told them, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, and together we will bear much fruit. So they made the sun the foundation of everything that they did, like a cornerstone. Every project, every committee meeting, every interaction became a visible witness to what was happening there in the vineyard. The sun became like a brother. And because of that, the landowner adopted all the tenants into his family and called them beloved children. And the landowner sang a love song for the people and the vineyard. And the song that was sung was the most beautiful song that had ever been heard. And whenever they heard the song, they were touched with the realization that they were loved more than they had ever known before and they knew that they would never be left alone, never be forsaken. Some accused the tenants of living a fairy tale existence, but they knew better. They still suffered loss. They still knew pain. But when one couldn't forgive or pray or didn't feel like worshiping, the rest of the tenants did it on their behalf. So over time, the tenants also began to sing that beautiful song that they had heard from the sun, so that wherever they went, other people wanted to hear that song too. Other people wanted to learn more about the landowner and his son. And all the people heard the song and all lived faithfully and fruitfully ever after.